Today's Satellite Sisters is brought to you by the following sponsors. Looking for links and promo codes to our sponsors? You can always find that at SatelliteSisters.com on the blog post about this show. Thanks, Satellite Sisterhood. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I'm Liz Dolan here in Santa Monica, California. Uh, joined by my sister, Julie, in Dallas, Texas. Julie, how are you? I am fine, and I'm glad that I'm not in California with you, who you're, Liz, <laughs> you're sick, and Leanne, who was sick. I'm yeah. just fine. This is one time where I'm glad that we work together by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, how are you feeling? Both of us went down for the count yesterday, which is why we're doing this show on a Wednesday. Liz, I was so delirious. I thought I saw like a candidate for office ride to the polls on a horse. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's how out of it I was. That's when you know you're going crazy. You're right. It's a good thing you didn't attempt Ooh, podcasting. I just I had to turn off the news after that. I mean, <laughs> I had to get some hydration and some Panda Express after that happened. I saw at one point you did post, I think it was in our Facebook group, like you just shouted out, can anyone bring me a Coke and some white rice? <laughs> I was... It's, it's a universal appeal, isn't it, Leanne? <laughs> it is. I mean, just everyone knows what you mean. You know, <laughs> I had recovered to the point where I could eat like white rice, but I needed that Coke because I had the caffeine <laughs> headache. And I have to say, my son brought it over. So good for him. Oh, oh yes. that's not. I, I like people are like Postmates. I was like, no, I have a millennial son. I don't need to call Postmates <laughs> or Uber Eats. In the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have recovered and um, we have a full show. So that's that's happening today. We're going to talk about one of our favorite topics that we don't fully understand, Bitcoin. So our Cryptocurrencies. Yep. We're at cryptocurrencies. Now's the time to dive in. Yep. <laughs> we always have fully informed conversations about them. Um, mm-hmm. Or also, uh, we're going to talk. Liz has some breaking news about the Olympic speed skating uniforms. Liz, this sounds um, sounds intriguing. It is a technology story, Lee, and you would be surprised the things that can make a difference. This uh, advantage might even help us in any of our performances. Okay. So, you <laughs> okay, know, good. stay tuned. From the good news desk, uh, Julie's going to talk about Bill Gates's major commitment to Alzheimer's research, something that's important to our family and I know to his family. So, that, Julie, do you have news on that? That's good. I mean, we're usually bitter about billionaires, yes. uh, not in this case. <laughs> that's true. Okay, we went to the movies together. We saw Bombshell. We're going to tell you about that. Liz has a busy weekend planned in New York, and I have a busy weekend planned here in California. It is my son's college graduation, and I feel like we're all graduating. Satellite Sisterhood. <laughs> yes. You? I mean, yes, it's been a it's been a long journey, Liam. It's been a journey with the whole sa- Satellite Sisterhood. So uh, I want to say thanks. And then I have um, a group party planning question, something I have never made before. But once again, in the haze of my illness, watching watching the Pioneer Woman, I was like, Oh, I can make. <laughs> Okay. Well, Leanne, I'm coming to this party, so you better get some good advice about this. Good, solid advice. I think you've made this dish before, Joel. I think you you could be the key. I may actually task you to make it, but um, okay. So that's all happening on the show today. Uh, Liz, what's happening at uh, your retail environment? What's, what's, what are Can you I doing? just say this? 
here's an excellent thing to do when you are just sick in bed on a Tuesday. It's to once an hour, go to the back end of your online store and see what's selling, Liam. So that's <laughs> you're okay. such a marketer, Liz. Even Every when time you're down and out, you're still <laughs> marketing. Every time I woke from my haze, Julie, I just thought, I wonder if we sold anything while I was asleep. So yes, we did. We're just, thank you so much, everyone who is going to the Satellite Sisters store. If you haven't checked it out yet, you can go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com. And on the top right-hand side on the navigation bar, you'll see where it says shop. You can just click through there. Or if you have liked our Facebook page, the Satellite Sisters Facebook page, you can see there's a button there that says shop now. And we just have all kinds of fun stuff. I, I have to admit, in my in my haze, I also keep ordering things for myself. So I got, <laughs> I now have a full wardrobe of uh, phone cases, sisters, because I got the one that says stay noisy because I just mm-hmm. thought that's funny for a phone. And then I also ordered the one that says call your satellite sister. <laughs> That's a nice one. It's a nice one. My pillow, my throw pillow is on the, on the way, Liz. I got notification today. So I'm pretty excited about that. Okay. So you probably want to get your orders in soon if you want it in time for the holidays. So, um, uh, we have no guarantee on that, by the way, right? We don't, we don't touch the merch. That's the key to this whole operation is that it doesn't end up in the trunk of my car at any time. It's not Leon going to the Pasadena post office much as we love it. They don't get involved. Uh, so anyway, uh, time's up and you're going to want to do that now. The other thing I want to mention also in my haze yesterday, um, I was reading the new Tina Brown book, the vanity fair diaries, 1983 to 1992. Now, We announced last week on Satellite Sisters that in January, we are reviving the Satellite Sisters Book Club, and our first guest will be Tina Brown to talk about this book. And I got to tell you, this is one wildly entertaining book. Wouldn't you say, Julie? I know you've been digging it. I mean, the good thing about this book is you do not have to read it uh, sequentially. You can just (laughs) literally open the book to page 206, and there's something boffo and juicy and interesting on it. Then you want to flip back to page 177. Oh, again, there's something else equally great and interesting involving some celebrity that you've heard of. So it is really fascinating to read. What I love, I mean, these are literally her diaries. So it's not a memoir. It's not like she's had time to think about it. And now she's going back and remembering those days and sort of ordering things in some way. This is actually stuff she wrote down every night when she got home from a wild day at the office and then out at parties, which is why her ability to make snap judgments of people just, I find it wildly entertaining the things that she writes about people so here's one and some of these people you know some of these people you don't know but it doesn't matter because the way she writes about it is so (laughs) clever so here's one she's at some dinner with mort zuckerman you know he's the big boston real estate tycoon and he owned the atlantic and he was there with his new girlfriend amanda burden and she was sort of a you know a woman about town in new york and she describes amanda burden as She's a charming sparrow-faced blonde who clearly longs to be looked after, which assuredly Mort will never do. So that's just something. (laughs) She just got home from a party, Leon, and wrote that down. And, you know, they they are no longer together. You won't be surprised to know. Then another time, you know, she worked for the Today Show to do commentary for um, 
Prince Andrew and Fergie's wedding Mm because she did such a good job on Princess Di's wedding. And she said, she writes, I was with Di's brother, Viscount Althorpe, who has a pretty sly face, a bit like Diana in drag. (laughs) 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 And then here's a prediction for the future. Again, in the moment at the Fergie and Andrew wedding, she writes, Fergie and Andrew were on TV last night. She, I predict, will fast get out of control, talk too much, and lose the plot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Nailed it. What happened, right? Nailed right it. Out. Yeah. So anyway, The Vanity Fair Diaries by Tina Brown. If you get a chance to read it over the holidays, it is really like a lively, fun read. But then she also tells the story of having her two children, the first of whom was born very premature, and mm-hmm. that was very touch and go. So parts of it are really like touching and difficult, and but other parts are just, like that, just like snappy banter up the wazoo. I yeah. would be my would be my blurb. But you, but the underlying thing is she's so darn smart, and she was uh, such a hard worker, and yeah. and so ambitious. You have a a sense of you know her as a career woman as well. So I think it's it's a great read, even yeah, if you I don't read it in order. Read it in <laughs> any order you want. You're going to enjoy it. I didn't even realize, Julie, how close the magazine was to failing most of the time that she was at the helm. So you're right. She worked really hard, super ambitious. We recommend the Vanity Fair Diaries. So there you have it. And our interview with her will run in January. Yes. 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 Just to be clear. Yep. Okay. So, um, hey, on last week's show, I mentioned at the end of the show when we were talking about what we were doing, I said that last Tuesday night I was going off to a panel at the Paley Center for Media That was um, three of the women who had done a lot of the really groundbreaking reporting for the New York Times about sexual harassment. So I did that and it was fascinating. So I just wanted to share a few of my observations. Um, The three New York Times journalists who were there were Emily Steele, who broke the original story about Bill O'Reilly and then has kept following up on the Bill O'Reilly story, and Jody Cantor and Megan Toohey, who did all of the original reporting on Harvey Weinstein. And in fact, the night we were together at this panel, the Tuesday night, their next big story on that book, which was called The Complicity Machine. So if you if you haven't read that, it was in the Times last week. It was really about, <coughs> excuse me, it was really about the you know machinery around Weinstein that sort of kept this happening for decades. Anyway, oh, and then... Um, Ashley Judd was there, too. And I got to say, she is one super impressive woman. I mean, they all were. All four of them were like, wow, this is quite a power set. But a couple of the things that I just thought I would share, because it's a little bit behind the scenes, is first they brought out Emily Steele. And she was talking about, you know, what it's like to report on Bill O'Reilly. And the first time he ever talked to her on the phone, he was super threatening and uh, which then she put in the story and, and that created quite a story. Apparently, Bill O'Reilly did not expect her to report the fact that he said to her on their first phone call, like, if you go after me, I will crush you. But you know what? She put that in the story and that was very newsworthy. So she just talked about like what it took to track down all of these things. And as we've all heard, one of the big challenges for finding out what's really going on in the area of sexual harassment and sexual abuse is that so many of the agreements the women have to sign are confidential. So they can't talk about them. And obviously the perpetrator, in this case, Bill O'Reilly, doesn't want to 
talked about them. So she talked about how they just basically at one point, she and her reporting partner is Mike Schmidt at the New York Times. They just got like the IMDb listing of everyone who worked with Bill O'Reilly on the show and had been guests on the show. And she said it was literally dialing for dollars. I would just call all these people, ask what their experience was like. And this was going on over weeks and months, just checking in with anyone who worked there, trying to get information from the women who did not have any confidentiality agreement. So there was this one woman in particular named Wendy Walsh, who had been a contributor on the show and then all of a sudden disappeared. So she called Wendy Walsh and once want to find out like what happened. And she said, yeah, you know, it was a little weird, but yeah, whatever. He kind of propositioned me and I kind of said no. And yeah, then I was never on the, on the show again, but you know, whatever, I don't want to talk about. And she said every once in a while, she would just call Wendy Walsh back and say, hey, are you ready to go public with this yet? And she would say, no, not really. So finally she said, okay, I'm coming to LA. Wendy Walsh lives in Los Angeles. I'm coming to LA. Do you want to just have coffee? Let's just chat. And she's like, uh, I know, mm, can't really do that. I'm super busy when you're here. I'm going to Pilates class that morning. And Emily yeah. Steele said, Emily Steele said, I love Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I love Pilates. Where is the class? Tell me about the class. And uh, so she actually just showed up at this woman's Pilates class, wow. took the class, which she said was very hard, harder <laughs> than she expected it to be. It's LA, baby. Come on. No, we know how to Pilates here. Yeah. yeah. And then she uh, then she had coffee with her afterwards. And it was in that conversation face to face after many phone conversations where finally she said, yes, you're right. I should come forward with this. The women um, who have been silenced, I have an obligation to them to step forward and start to talk about this. So it was that was very interesting. Just the doggedness of these yeah. reporters even to the point where the woman who was interviewing them at one point, she said to Emily Steele, well, and then you stumbled upon the $32 million settlement that Bill O'Reilly made with Lee wheel. And immediately Emily Steele, who was a relatively young woman said, well, we didn't really stumble upon it. <laughs> you know, we had been looking really hard and I thought, okay, yeah, that's what you want to hear. It's not like, Oh, look at there. This document just sort of randomly showed up like how much effort it takes to dig up some of these things that are secret agreements. So she was very, very impressive. And the Bill O'Reilly thing was sort of the beginning. And she mentioned that it was the Gretchen Carlson lawsuit against Roger Ailes, which Julie, you have talked about this on our show. Right. Um, that was sort of the trigger for them to start to dig more deeply into what was really going on over there. And it was after Gretchen Carlson came forward that they went back and found this previous agreement that was like from 2004. And then they, then they realized this was a whole pattern of behavior. So, so that was very interesting. Then the two women who were doing all the Harvey Weinstein reporting came out, Jody Cantor and Megan Tuohy. And by the way, in each case, they made a point of saying, we happen to be the women sitting on the stage here, but in, on all of these stories, we had male partners, reporters that were working with us. So this is not, the women of the New York Times trying to settle any scores with the men out there. And they all credited their male reporters and colleagues quite frequently as they were talking about it. But the for the most interesting thing that Jody Cantor had to say to me, that when they were talking to the people in the Weinstein complicity machine about why didn't you say something sooner? 
Like, why did you keep everything to yourself? She said there were two basic narratives that over time revealed themselves to Megan and I. She said the first one was people just said, that's the boss's private life. I don't want to know. So she classified that as a category error. They were putting that into the private life zone rather than the workplace assault zone. And because they knew that he was cheating on his wife, they just thought that is too dangerous to go near. And partly because people also don't want to think more deeply about it if they don't have to. So she said that was number one, that they just said, that's the boss's private life. I should not get involved. But then, and I'm going to use a little language here. uh, Then she said the other big category was just the presumption that women are slutty. And uh, everyone just seemed to think, well, yeah, I mean, they're having sex with Harvey Weinstein because they want to. Women are willing to do anything to get a part. And she said it was surprising to them how many versions of that they heard that people sort of accepted that, oh, yes, these young, gorgeous, talented women (laughs) would want to be having sex with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, with this gross old man. Yeah. 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 And and that it was just sort of a given that, you know, obviously we've all heard about the casting couch, but people just never challenged the idea of whether it was voluntary or not. Right. Because they they didn't want to judge other women about, you know. Uh, yeah. their their sexual life. Yeah. Yeah. Or they judged them already. Right. So they just assumed it never dawned on them that anything could be happening against their will, that they would they would choose to do this. Mm-hmm. So she said, and both she and Megan Tui said, so because we heard the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, now we can see the patterns that could easily get dismissed when it was just one case and then another case and they they were sort of put away in a closet for so long. And she said the two the two big things we can observe now, one is for many women, careers were cut short, curtailed, or really dramatically diminished. And there, the women they talk to, there is a sense of mourning and loss about this because they know it had a profound impact on their career trajectory that they, you know, they were on a track to succeed or to be in this business. And then they just got sidetracked and all of a sudden they had no career path. And she said, the women you talk to, they're just, there really is mourning um, Mm -hmm. about that. And then, so then she said, the other is obviously these, these secret settlements. Um, That is what is keeping all of the information secret for so long. And they think the next big change in how companies operate, how lawyers operate, how people operate, uh, will be to change the laws around uh, some of the secret settlements. And obviously, we can see in the news, there are a lot of legislators that are already working on that. And then the last thing I'll say is, Jody, and they were so fun. By the way, I posted the link to the video in the, mm-hmm. on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, because you can watch this whole panel yourself. It's under Times Talks. And um, Jody said, you know, we're working on this for months and it's just kind of a dark story to report on and you're getting really bummed out. And she said, I was walking through the New York Times cafeteria with a very close friend of mine, a male colleague who's a reporter at the Times, who said, Jody, I can't, like, who knew? Men did these disgusting things to women. And she was like, well, women knew. That's, <laughs> I know. That's who knew. Women knew. Uh, but there were just so many institutional barriers to people coming forward. Anyway, super thoughtful on the part of the reporters. And then one last thing I'll say about Ashley Judd, 
wow, I just had no idea um, how thoughtful she was on this particular subject. And she made a point. I mean, she has a graduate degree from Harvard and she's working on her Ph.D. now at Cal and uh, which she made a point of saying only she said not not to show off or anything, but just these are things that I think about a lot, even though I'm just an actress. Right. I'm, right. I'm working on these issues. Mm-hmm. So she had a lot of really interesting observations about the asymmetry of power that happens in any business and and what what women but culture at large uh, needs to needs to do about that. And it was, what did she say in my notes here? She said something like, there is a very clear link between um, patriarchy and predatory behavior. And that's what we all need to be digging into. So anyway, fascinating. Um, There will no doubt be lots more stories about these kinds of, even this week, you know, as we were laying on our couches trying to recover (laughs) from whatever (laughs) ails us. You know, they're just... A lot more cases coming forward, different levels of seriousness, um, but clearly proof that there's some very systemic issues at work here. Anyway, I recommend you watch the video. It was fascinating. Well, that's good, Liz. Thank you for posting that. And yes, I would also recommend that you watch Ashley Judge in The Berlin Station, that TV series. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, I read that book. It's good. It's it's a great series. I, all Satellite Sisters would enjoy it. Uh, it's called The Berlin uh, Station. I think there, there are two seasons of it. Yeah. So. You know, Julie, she said she was in Berlin shooting that when she got her first call from The New York Times saying, can we talk to you? And she yep. knew in her gut, she said, I know this is about Harvey. Yep. And uh, yeah, I... Okay, I'm going to watch That's the that great next. thing about that series is that it's all all filmed in Berlin, too. So I enjoy that. Okay. Is that on Netflix or Amazon? No, it's on something else. Like, okay. <laughs> it's on TV. It's, <laughs> it comes, yes. I watched it on my TV list. Okay. okay. I think when it paid for it's my It's like Bitcoin. some premium uh, channel. I don't okay. know what. I don't know why. Thank you. So work good, it out at good, home. Good, good reporting. Good reporting. Good hot tip. Very <laughs> thorough reporting by the Satellite Sisters. <laughs> okay. Speaking of thorough reporting, you know, on Tuesday Trends, we have a long-standing a, a tradition here at Satellite Sisters of really being able to call some of the great technological trends that have come down the pike in the last uh, 15 to 20 years. I mean, YouTube, we thought it was ridiculous. I remember we were like, who would watch that? Yeah. Were those not our exact words? Yes. Yeah. Twitter. Okay. We totally panned Twitter. I remember completely dismissing that because at the time, remember, they called it micro blogging. I'm like, yeah. blogging is already so micro. Why would you want it to be even more micro? No, I think just- I remember Julie's exact words. Remember, we had that young woman come in and teach us about Twitter and Julie said, yeah. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> we could have been Twitter pioneers. It was like 12 seconds after Twitter was born. <laughs> and our expert yeah. said, you guys should jump on this. You're natural. Oh, no, no, yeah. I'm not doing this. So. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Okay. Which brings me to the Tuesday trend I'd like to talk to uh, about today. And that is bitcoins. And Sister Leon, I, I recall on a previous podcast 
that uh, you referred to the cryptocurrency bitcoins. Uh, you thought it was a lot like Legos, right? That's yeah. what you thought, that you felt like Legos, that you could have your own cryptocurrency given the number of Legos that are in your house? Yeah, we've invested heavily in Legos uh, as a as a f- commodity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I thought you'd be very interested. This week, Bitcoin started selling futures. And I don't know if you've been watching uh, the price of, of Bitcoin, but there has been since they've since they cleared up all that Bitcoin problems, there's been a 1,600% increase in the value of Bitcoins. Right now, as of this morning, it was $19,000 per Bitcoin. So, Leanne, if you had transferred some of your Legos, if you converted some of your Legos <laughs> Lego holdings <laughs> into Bitcoins a couple of years ago, you could be exactly like Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss. You know those Winklevoss twins, yeah. the ones that invented Facebook, right? right. They were they right. invented it, and then Mark Zuckerberg stole it from them. Okay, but they got in uh, about the same time that you were going deep on Legos. Right. Two Ty- Tyler and Cameron uh, Winklevoss invested eleven million dollars in two thousand thirteen in bitcoins. They now have a, a, a net worth in bitcoins of over a billion dollars. Like really? A billion dollars. Yes, yes. But and what does so, that mean? It, I don't understand how they how to use it. See, this is it, Liz. That's the that's the key point. I saw an interview with the two twins. I don't know which one's Tyler or Cameron. It's a lot like it's like a lot like the HGTV show. I, I can't tell those two twins. The Property <laughs> Brothers. Oh, yeah, like, they, they creep me out. Beards. Yeah, they both have beards now. I, I can't tell them apart. Yeah, okay. they creep anyway. me out. Yeah. Anyway, Tyler and Cameron, they said, you know, well, the real test of these cryptocurrencies is can you actually buy anything with them? And guess what Tyler bought this year? He, with his uh, Bitcoins, he purchased a ticket uh, to travel into space on Virgin Galactic. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's not real either. Yeah. I know there are some coffee houses that accept Bitcoin. Because so you could drink like a billion dollars worth of coffee. You could do that. Okay, but Leon, here is the other key point that came out in the interview. The other thing that the Winkle Winklevoss uh, twins are using their bitcoins is they are buying Legos with them. <laughs> You are kidding no. me. No, I've, that's what they said. I saw them on a, a talk show. Yes, the two things that they, they've invested in is tickets to outer space and Legos. <laughs> that's what they bought with their Bitcoins. What's their so, theory on Legos? Like eight years old. <laughs> I, I think they were buying the Legos for their kids, Leon. But again, it's a trend. I'm spotting this trend early. And okay. I think if you get up off the couch after the podcast and go into your son's room and just scoop up some of those Legos that are still there and just go down to the coffee shop where they take Bitcoins and see if you can convert your currency, I think it would be now's your time to make the the move. Because the other issue is the North Koreans are hacking into Bitcoins. So you want to make your move early before the whole market crashes. That's All right. That's good. Yeah, that's some good financial planning. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to float that past Diane, our accountant, see what she thinks. Uh, I couldn't believe they said Legos. I was like, that's what my sister said. Yeah, you're a genius, Leon. I am. I missed the billion dollars in Bitcoin part, though. I just have the Legos, but that's okay. Yeah. If the Winklevosses are in, I'm in. If the Winklevosses are in, I'm in. I'm in. 
Amen. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. We have to take a break here to thank our sponsors, and then we'll be back. We have some good news for uh, the Alzheimer's researchers, and we want to personally thank Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda. All right. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Thanks to all our sponsors for supporting the Satellite Sisters podcast. All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. We're back. All right, Julie, you want a big shout out to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, correct? I, I do. I mean, we rarely salute billionaires, but I mean, they. <laughs> but Bill and Melinda Gates have made a fifty million dollar donation to the Dementia Discovery Fund. This is a London-based organization. And they are a group that is trying a new approach to uh, to solving the issue or to having any kind of medical or scientific breakthrough on Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, and when asked about it, uh, Bill Gates was saying, number one, dementia, Alzheimer's is a lot more prevalent now. There are no treatments, as our family knows and many other families knows, and that without a scientific breakthrough, we are, you know, the increased burden uh, that it's going to be placed on all of us uh, to care for, you know, know, number one, to care for even more patients with dementia and Alzheimer's is going to be overwhelming. And that Bill Gates absolutely believes in the power of science and innovation to solve the big health problems. And this uh, this is very different than any kind of uh, donation that they've made in the past. Usually, you know, they have the Gates Foundation has really focused on communicable diseases, but they really feel like this group in London, which is taking some new approach to get, you know, more diverse drugs in the pipeline and to have a more rigorous communication program to look at how Alzheimer unfolds, how to detect it and, you know, how to track it. You know, he really is optimistic that we could, that there can be some kind of breakthrough on Alzheimer's. That is great news. That's great news. I know it, it is. It, didn't he say there's is a personal connection? Did, yes, I, there one, is. There's. Yeah. Fan, yeah. I mean, and I think for, you know, for anyone, for all of us, we can understand it. If you have a member of your family that suffers with Alzheimer's and dementia, then you just live it. And uh, and that, you know, this is just great news for, you know, for, you know, I think it, I mean, I I like the idea that while the the current research or the research that they've been doing for the last 10 years has really focused on the proteins and the buildup of plaque on the brain. Apparently, this group in London is is trying other alternatives. And, you know, I mean, with science, we have, you know, we've had great yes. scientific breakthroughs. Yes. Right. You right. look at like AIDS. I mean, right. you know, that was that was a disease that there was no cure for it. There was no hope of a cure. And through publicity, through funding and through really, you know, diverse, you know, diverse groups working on it. That, you know, there it's a lot more optimistic now, and that you know that's a great thing. And I, you know, it would be great if this kind of money and other money and, and it, that it could attract other money to solve this problem, given that it's so widespread. Um, also included in this uh, article was just about understanding your own risk factors. And um, the <laughs> bad news for us sisters is that. You know your genes that um, that uh, play a big part of this. Now, I mean, it's not if you have a family history of Alzheimer's that increases your risk fourfold. Uh, 
you know, but there Four, are other things. Fourfold? Fourfold. Okay. Fold. Yeah. And even but though. But then they, you read all this stuff about how you can suppress your genes or express your genes. You know, they're also working on that part of it too, yeah. right? Like how to yes, turn off yeah. certain genes. They're going to try to turn off some of these genes. But there are some, you know, some small lifetime, lifestyle factors that can can help, uh, but, you know, like fi- fighting your cholesterol. They know there may be a link there, and by having lower co- cholesterol, that can reduce your risk. Smoking reduces your risk if you stop smoking. But also things like this was interesting. I never realized that they also have now linked, like, herpes simplex uh, may trigger later in life a brain infection. You know, oh, so it may no. be something like, oh, no. yes. So, Leanne, you're Lee sort of the Colsor queen. Yeah, Sheila and I. Simplex, right? And yeah. then Leanne, I don't even want to tell you this, they also feel that like gut bugs, you know, that some digestive inflammation may also trigger um, trigger so, some kind of brain infection that can trigger Alzheimer's or dementia. I'm just so, sticking with the blueberries. I'm just eating those blueberries every day. <laughs> blueberries, yeah, they did not, I, and this report did not mention it, but I was very happy to read, you know, they, of course, exercise, just get out and, you know, go right. crazy with exercise, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, we all know that. They did say, uh, try to avoid head injuries. Like, okay, good. Don't fall down. <laughs> Don't fall down and hit your head. I'm not going to, I'm going to give up football then. I'm giving up tackle football. <laughs> I'm just going to play flag. I'm just going to play flag football. But this one is that there's no link, and I'm really happy to, I don't know why I'm happy about this, but all those mind games that you're supposed to be doing to keep your brain this smart, like playing Sudoku and doing crossword puzzles, they don't really do anything. Oh, really? uh, That does make me happy, because I was was never going to do that. Yeah. That was not going to happen in my life. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was on the to-do list every morning, and nope, not ever. No, you're never going to do that. Well, it's not, I mean, it may have other, you know, it may help other aspects of your life, but it's not going to reduce your risk towards Alzheimer's. So, but we, you know, I think it's, this is really great news and I just wanted to um, bring attention and, you know, and just hope for good things. Okay. All right. Thanks, Joel. I have another science story or science This could be pseudoscience, but I'm going to call it science. Uh, You know, everybody's getting ready for the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea, coming up early in 2018. And some of these sports are super technical in their approach to their equipment and probably none more than speed skating. You know, they've got the special blades and they've got the aerodynamics of the hoods and they've got whatever they're doing with the boots. And so they're constantly fiddling with all of that to even take, you know, one one hundredth of a second off their time. So the latest is that they have been testing the belief that it's possible that when it comes to equipment, the color could actually make you faster. So this <laughs> this is the latest trend in speed skating is blue uniforms, sisters. Uh, people have believed that, people have come to believe that it's possible that wearing blue actually makes you faster. Now, they've seen this recently. So skaters from three countries, Germany, Norway, and South Korea, all showed up for their first World Cup event wearing new uniforms in the exact same shade of blue. 
And South Korea has always been blue, but Germany was not. And Norway certainly was not. We can all remember Johan Olive Koss in his red uniform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. You're never going to see a Norwegian out there in anything but red. But apparently they have come under the sway of this theory that blue might actually be faster. So this is, let me just turn to the next part of this story, because there are people that are like, okay, they've been testing this, laboratories, wind tunnels, and it's all been very hush-hush, what they call sort of an hush-hush arms race. And for instance, do you remember when the U.S. team um, tested those suits. This was a few Olympics ago that had like the dimples in them. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Had, like, yeah, that that didn't work at all. That was a total bust for the U.S. team. So they practice in in private, in secret, and then they bust out these new unis. So the, all the new blue unis are starting to come out now. So um, here's one guy. So there are the people that say, no, we've proven it's faster. We're just going to go with it. Um, why not? It can't hurt. Right. And then there's another guy in the story that here's his quote. Having said that, based on my knowledge of dye chemistry, I cannot possibly imagine how dyeing the same fabric with two dyes that have the same properties to different hues would generate different aerodynamic responses, right? That, right, right. That also seems mm-hmm. logical. But then the athletes, you know, athletes can be kind of superstitious and it's all about what's in your head. So now they're thinking, Maybe it's just the Norwegians playing mind games. Maybe the Norwegians decided to come. They're just trying to psych other people out. Like, we have a hot new color. And that, you know, the posturing of who's faster can be as important as the actual technology. Mm -hmm. So this guy, Mike Crow, the coach of the Canadian team, said, you know, he's completely dismissing. The Canadians are going to come out in red again. Nobody's talking them into blue. And he's like, it's just gamesmanship, really. It makes us doubt. It makes us wonder. Uh, and then there's another guy, this Stephen Westland, who is a professor of color science. So that's a thing. At the University of Leeds in England, said that despite the implausibility of a link between color and suit physics, a large body of research showed that color could affect performance from a purely psychological point of view. That I believe. That, that I, I believe. Totally and uh so i was thinking if we could apply that to us in some way because when we when we appear together we go out of our way to all wear different colors <laughs> maybe that's our mistake maybe we just need to pick a power color and somehow go with it you know i'm not sure we're we, not a team Liz. We're not yeah a we don't need to team. go fast I mean, speed is not an issue. But if we're just trying to psych ourselves up, would sharing a color, you know, the way teams do? I don't know. I I was just thinking about it. Well, I think it's good news for the Russians because they they will be going to the Olympics, but obviously not performing in their uh, Russian team colors, uh, which are always hideous. What are they going to wear? Hideous. I don't know. I guess maybe they should wear blue, Liz. I think you've solved the problem. (laughs) You know, many years ago, uh, when I worked at Nike in the production department, we had a shoot with Bo Jackson and, uh, he was my job (laughs) as the PA. I actually had to oil up Bo Jackson. At one point I had to oil him, um, oil him up for the photo shoot. But I remember him putting on a pair of Nike tights and they happened to be blue, but they also had some black in them and they had some movement in the fabric and, 
And he said something at the time I haven't forgotten. He goes, I love these tights. They make me feel fast, even when I'm standing still. That's it. And that's, that's it, exactly right? It. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, I had never thought like, I wish I felt faster. You know, like that <laughs> thought had never crossed my mind. Obviously, not an incredible athlete like Bo Jackson, but that's it. So I believe in the psychology. Like he was just standing at a photo shoot in tights and felt faster because of the way the tights looked on him. So I yeah. think it's psychological. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's another example in this story, Leanne, where it's uh, Olympic uh, ski jumpers saying that orange flies better. And they just, for whatever reason, they just believe that. Yeah. That you're flying through the air. You want to be wearing orange. It just flies better. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, don't want those Dutch, I don't want the Dutch speed skaters to go to blue. They always look so great in the orange flying around. The they ice, do. And they mm-hmm. win everything, too. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think this is psychological. I get that. So, so just I, I call ultra. To. I think we should all go in ultraviolet, the color of the year. <laughs> just to that. That's a time. good idea. I like yeah. it. Let's do it. Let's Mom do it. said we should never wear purple. Yeah, ever. <laughs> just it was another sort of Edna Dolan thing. She's she full of good stay. advice. Yeah, <laughs> she said I, stay away from purple. I remember yeah. once being at a Christmas party in like a in like a blue Laura Ashley dress, and our aunt Eleanor said to me, "That's the only color you should ever wear." So, <laughs> how was that? I was like 14. I was like, really? Only this one? <laughs> For the rest of my life? <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're graduating. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. This we're the Satellite Sisters. We're back. Okay, this is Leanne, you guys. Very exciting weekend. Brooks is graduating from college. And that is so exciting. Your older son, like, can you believe it? You know what? It's just hitting me because uh, let's face it, December, not a traditional graduation month, though I've seen on Facebook other people's kids graduate mm-hmm. in December. And the, my son goes to Art Center College of Design. It's an art school. They have three real graduations a year. So, you know, it's not a less than date to graduate. So it is just finally hitting me that he's done with the schooling portion of his life. And I'm done with the schooling portion. <laughs> I know. That's no more applications, Leanne. You don't have to do it. You don't have to chase down any more teacher recommendations. You're, you're, do you believe it? I, I mean, I can't believe it. Like that's, and I joked, I mean, there were actual written, it's an art school. So yes, they designed and printed and handed out invitations to the graduation. Did my son send me any? No, I didn't get any until a day ago. <laughs> and he's like, I just wanted mom one last thing I forgot to do in school. <laughs> Go out the way I've conducted my school life for the last 16 years. But, you know, the Satellite Sisterhood has really been through a lot. I recorded the first Satellite Sister show when Brooks was like four years old. And so you've right. been through elementary school. And when he was bullied in middle school, people had such good advice for me. And then you had great advice for me in high school, Satellite Sisterhood. And then when he took that gap year, I felt like we all took that gap year together. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then living at home for two years in college. And now he's graduating. I just feel very happy that he's graduating, excited for his future and, and lucky that he's a healthy kid who's made it through school and 
and has found something that he really loves to do. So. Yeah, that's really amazing, Leon, that he really does have a passion for what he's doing. And, you know, he's psyched about it. That's a good, that's a good way to start this next part of his life. Right. You know? Now, he is going to be a freelance photographer and cinematographer. And there's no real job for that. Like, you don't go to a company and do that. There are occasionally staff photographers, but that's not the kind of photographer he is. So I can already see that his grandparents will never understand this. Because uh-huh. we just saw them and they asked three times, so what is he going to do after graduation? He's a photographer. <laughs> he's going to photographize. I don't know. <laughs> so he's got a lifetime of explaining freelance work, but also he has a couple of friends that he's going to be working with. They formed a small production company. I think he'll have some people to keep him on track. But it's not my problem anymore, is it, girls? Right. It is. Right. And well, has a, he has a lot of hustle, Lee, and he really right. does. Maybe not when it came to traditional school things right. like handing in his homework and doing applications and things, but he loves this work and he has hustle and he works super hard. So I think he has the personality to be a freelancer. Right. I agree, Liz. It's not everyone can do that because you hustle all the time. And uh, as I know, having been a freelancer for 25 years and sort of writing and stuff. So uh, you got to hustle all the time for your next gig, but I think he's okay. Now, Julie, you're suspicious that I'll never have to nag him again. <laughs> I don't think I don't think your days are over, Leanne. I think you will. I think, and the Satellite Sisterhood can back us up about that. There's still a lot more parenting ahead of you uh, in the decade when he's in his twenties. I feel in like a good the way. stakes are lower, though, right? It's not no, like you're... No, 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 Leanne. Oh. No. Our problems get bigger. Things get more complicated. Okay. Yep. Yep. But right. tomorrow, but you enjoy this graduation. That's what I would say. Live it up. I Live am. it up. Now. I'm going yeah. to. I did text him this week that it's, again, it's an art school. So they have um, a big grad show for all of the 150 or so kids that are graduating across all disciplines. You know, they have a big car design program there and product design and graphic design and film and he's in photography. So they all show their work and it's, they have an industry night so that agents and art directors and magazine editors and whoever, and Liz, you're, you're going to see Brooks on industry night because you won't be here Mm -hmm. for his actual graduation. So of course I had to text him last week, like, did you order business cards for grad night? He goes, just ordered them yesterday, mom, 400. I was like, okay, my work here is done. So, um, so that's it. But it's very exciting. Julie, we're excited to have you and your husband come for the weekend. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're happy. Everybody needs an aunt and uncle to cheer them on. That's what I think. And that's our role. And we look forward to it. Yeah. You know, and it's been really interesting. We didn't plan for him to go to college two miles from his house, but, um, <laughs> You know, it wasn't like he picked that school because, you know, we could walk to it. It was um, just the right school for him. But it's been really fun to get to know his friends in college on a deeper level, really, because many of them have shot, used our house as a location. They needed to shoot places. They store their gear in our garage. So we're having a big party afterwards for Brooks and his family and then a couple of his good friends and their families that are coming. So after the graduation and then we all get to see the grad show. I'm coming back. Uh, It's California. It's going to be a beautiful day. We're having a taco cart, which I don't know if this phenomenon is available in other cities, but it's Uh fantastic here where, you know, they just bring the, the, the hot, the hot grill, the taco grill. Someone comes, parks a truck in your driveway, cooks up the carne asada and starts serving tacos in your driveway. And so that's what we're having. But I have to also make a couple of appetizers because of timing and 
because I have vegetarians and vegans coming. Mm-hmm. You know, the vegans, they're tough. That's a t- <laughs> I mean, God bless you. I'm sure it's tough for you too. But Yeah, it's probably harder on them than it is on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but did you think about taking cheese off of everything you serve? It's hard. It's hard, Liz. Or da- dairy? It's hard. Uh so I'm doing going to do some appetizers. I make a good sim- shrimp ceviche, making that. Um mm-hmm. I cook the shrimp because I don't want people to die. So I know that's not <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Leanne. I don't I'm want to do. It's something. It's not ceviche, but it's something. It's something. It's right. Shrimp something. Shh, don't tell anyone I cook the shrimp at a time. <laughs> but Okay, so I'm watching. But I'm trying to think of one other, like, tasty dip that I can make. And then there's the Pioneer Woman telling me how we never have a party here without queso. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, Julie, yep, I've never so. made queso. That's the, like, tasty cheese dip that's usually made with Velveeta, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. Real queso is not made with Velveeta. Okay, this is we what can I... make some. You make it with queso cheese, even though queso cheese is essentially saying cheese cheese, but that's what they call it here in Texas, <laughs> queso cheese. How okay. is it different than cheese cheese? Than cheese? It's like a Mexican cheese. cheese. It's a mild Mexican cheese. Okay, so this is what I need. I need people's best queso recipes because I've never made it, and I can see there are two schools of thought. There are some people that swear you have to use Velveeta or you buy American cheese at the deli as if, like, white American cheese. Yeah. Which I've never bought, American cheese. And – or but, there are but other people. You're going to serve that to the ve- vegans, Lena? No, That's no, what I'm this a little is, worried. No, they're getting a whole grilled salad, Julie. <laughs> oh, okay. This okay, because is... I just. Well, no, no, I, I just... know. I understand. No, that's. that's... Well, is, is Velveeta vegan? Because who knows what's in that? Yeah, but I'm it's not, delicious. I'm not worried about the vegans with the cheese. They are getting a okay. grilled salad. They are getting. The Caesar will be made with a vegan dressing and without, <laughs> without the cheese on top. Okay. I'm just asking. Do you think you can travel through TSA with queso? I'm sure uh, I mean, we have queso here, right? I yeah. know, but I, I, there's a place here that makes like super duper queso. But oh. do you think you can I think travel? You have to check it. It would be considered a gel or a liquid, right? I don't know. <laughs> it was <laughs> All right. That's a, that's an outstanding question. Is what is queso? Is it a gel? Is it a liquid? Or is it I think else? you can post on the TSA Twitter account. You can ask that. Yeah. Okay, I'll okay. ask about it. Like it's listener Jennifer, queso? listener Jennifer, doesn't she work for the TSA? Jennifer, yeah. can Julie take queso on the plane? <laughs> Jennifer's about to have her baby. Liz, I know it's so, so exciting. I know, so she's know. probably listening. Yeah. Right. Yes, we're we're thinking of you, Jennifer. Um, okay, well, if you have a great queso recipe, let me know. Post it on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group page. I'm sure people who live in Texas in the Southwest have very strong opinions on this. I've yeah. never made it. But I'm going to try it. I have a fondue pot I can serve it in so it can stay hot. So that's what I'm going with. Okay? That's okay. it. So that's it. And then, Julie, I'm going to need – I got some decorations. Um, okay. I, I lost my mind. And I ordered a lot of paper lanterns. <laughs> Which – It's good during fire season. It's going to look great. I may need some assistance when you get here on Friday. Friday. Okay. Hey, I've watched good. all the YouTube videos on how to hang paper lanterns. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay. That's, they're going to uh, look great. <laughs> they're going to look great. Because the, the symbol of the school he goes to school at is an orange dot, which looks like a paper lantern. So I thought, well, that will be very cute. And so then I went nuts uh, at paperlanterns.com. 
<laughs> and then, okay. And then when I got them, I was like, oh, this is going to be slightly more complicated than I thought to, to hang them. Okay, never mind. But I have them, so they're going up. So it's going to be good. But thank you to everybody who's helped along the way and gotten Brooks through college. And if you need a photographer, I'll, I'll be posting his website. I'm not going to book his jobs anymore. That's the thing. I Forget it. I'm out of his career. He's got his own, his own career. But that's it. So it's exciting. Exciting weekend for us. Congratulations, Lee. And thank that really you. is a big deal. That's a big deal. Okay. So moving on, we had a little uh, party here this weekend. Uh, Julie, we missed you, but Sheila and Leanne were both at the uh, screening we did from the movie Bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story. And it was super fun. This movie was produced by a longtime satellite sister. Her name is Catherine Drew. And, you know, producers never get any of the credit. The director does, or if there's a cast, this is a documentary, so there's no cast, but, you know, stars do. But we wanted to show a little love to the producer, to our friend Catherine. So we went to an afternoon screening of Bombshell here in West L.A., and it is really, really a fascinating movie. I... I knew nothing about Hedy Lamar. Liam, did you actually know anything about her at all? No, I, you know, I was familiar with the name and I could have picked her out of a lineup, but I don't even think I've ever seen a single movie that she's been in. And I certainly didn't know about the other parts of her life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could not have picked her out of a lineup, but she, uh, anyway, so the movie is about here. She is like the most beautiful woman in the world in the thirties and forties, but Little known on the side, she was inventing these amazing things, getting granted patents for things. Like she invented, she invented something called signal hopping, channel hopping, something hopping, right? Frequency that, hopping. Frequency, frequency hopping. hopping. Because she was trying to figure out, Julie, a way for the torpedoes from the Allied ships during World War II to hit the German U-boats without being detected in advance. And they could they could hear the signals or they could track them with signals. So she figured, well, if they're frequency hopping, they won't be able to track the signals. And they were, she got a patent for it, but they rejected it as an idea during the war. But ultimately it's that technology that became like Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, it all uses the same thing. Amazing. So, it is amazing. So that, it was amazing. But then she has an like absolutely crazy life. Right. She, I mean, she got married so many times. At one point in the movie, they just say, and then there were two more husbands. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, she was married seven times, I think. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. She had very painful recollections from her children. I mean, her life did not end well. She was just, she became kind of a hermit and she was bitter and she felt like she was broke. And anyway, it, the, the movie, the story, it has a certain... Grey Gardens aspect to it, if you've ever seen the movie or the TV show Grey Gardens, but amazing archival footage and audio, and the audio is all her. She told her story at one point to a reporter from Forbes. Anyway, if it's, you can, we have it posted in the Facebook group. If you want to see it, it's being released here and there around the country over the next six months. Ultimately, it will be on PBS. It will be an American Masters episode, but it was super fun to be able to celebrate much like you celebrating your son's graduation Leanne, for Catherine who's been working on this project for a really long time to just have a little celebration for a satellite sister who worked hard and actually 
got something up on the screen and we went crazy when her name came up. So we that was did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fun. And that's you know, fun. in an LA audience, it was fun. Afterwards, people clapped. They didn't really know it was happening. And then I just stood up and said, this is Catherine. She's the producer of the film <laughs> and everyone clapped for her again. There's a whole theater full of people. So <laughs> it was really nice. Yeah. So keep your eye out for that. And I think if you if you're a satellite sister, I think you would really appreciate the story of, you know, a woman's accomplishments, maybe not getting as much her not getting as much credit in her lifetime as she deserved. So, OK, a couple of other things I wanted to mention in our Facebook group. Let me just shout out to some of the posts that jumped out to me. Allison, Leanne, she put your name on this. Allison shared with us an article from The New York Times called in praise of an aggressively unfashionable shoe. And it's all about clogs, right? Yes. Thank you, Allison. I think, I think the, no, the two aggressively unfashionable, those are sort of key words. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I know, Leanne, I know. And, and many of our satellite sisters feel the same way. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I just like the fact that Allison saw that story and immediately thought of you, Leanne, and wanted to share it with the satellite sisterhood. It's about the great so, Dangsco clogs. Thank you, Allison. I appreciated it. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't wear clogs with backings. That's my my thing. I wear the backless clogs. But I guess I live in Southern California, so I can't. So, mm-hmm. but I, that's my, I like the Dangsco clogs. That's my, mm-hmm. that's my brand, Liz. That's my brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Terry, I appreciate the fact that you have gotten into the habit of posting recommendations of shows from our archives that you have recently enjoyed. All right, Terry. Yeah, that's super helpful, Terry. Thank you. It it is super helpful. She had just listened to an episode from February of uh, 2014, which tells the death of a blow dryer story, which we know can be very dramatic. (laughs) It's an episode that has you, Leanne. Sheila, you, Julie, and uh-huh. our next-gen niece, Megan, okay. was in that <laughs> Wow. All right. But the relationship between blow dryers and relationships, uh, apparently, explored in that uh, in that episode. So just a reminder, the whole archive is at SatelliteSisters.com. You can always just, you can go listen to anything you want. And then if you like it, post a link in the Facebook group to share it with the other Satellite Sisters. So thanks for that. And then one last thing I want to mention, because I'm sure everyone else in the world knew about this, but not me. Uh, Jules and Betsy both posted a photo of the refreshments they leave during holiday season for the like FedEx, UPS, Postal Service delivery drivers. Great idea. Thank you. It's such a great idea. I had never seen that before. Of course, nobody in my building would ever do that just because. (laughs) (laughs) Your building should not do it, Liz. Hey, hey. They do do not touch any of that food or beverage. Don't touch it. Yeah. Here was a surprising development in my lobby, though, is one of the neighbors in the building uh, decided to put some holiday decorations in the lobby. This had never happened before. And among the decorations that are there, Lee and those woodland creatures from Pier One. Yeah. Like someone, they showed up in the lobby of my building. So, oh, you know, like we that... meant to say Happy Hanukkah at the beginning of the show, and I yes. don't think we did. I think we passed right over that. Right? We didn't say Yes. That. Right. No, we haven't said that. So, so happy, happy, Hanukkah. happy Hanukkah to everyone celebrating yeah. Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Anyway, very thoughtful people to think about all the drivers making all the deliveries during this season and making sure they have a little uh, something to drink and a little snack. You know what um, I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for the footage of the package stealers also taking the food and drinks to the drivers. <laughs> yeah. Because you know that's next. That that is such bad karma. I just can't imagine what's going to happen to you later in life if you do that. Yeah. 
So, okay, that's my that's my report. All right, excellent, Liz. Okay, we're uh, wrapping up here, but Liz, I know you have a huge weekend planned in NYC. What's happening this week with you? Here is the deal. So Monica and I, Sister Monica, who lives in Portland, Oregon, we are rendezvousing Friday in New York City, and we have a completely packed social slash holiday slash performance schedule. Um, Friday night, longtime Satellite Sisters will know, will remember the name Sarah Sweeney, our original webmaster from ABC Days. Uh, so Monica and I are having dinner with Sarah Sweeney on Friday night. So Have that fun. will be super fun reunion, Satellite Sisters reunion from back in the day. Um, Saturday night is the night I got tickets to see Springsteen on Broadway. So, of course, that's the real reason we're going. Uh, but that will be very exciting. Our brother Dick has already gone and didn't want to tell us much about it. But just promised we will not be disappointed. He did tell us, like, the perfect place to have dinner before the show because it's positioned so that you can see Bruce and Patty arrive in their SUV before the show. Oh, good <laughs> so, tip. Wow. Yeah. wow. You're sitting in the window of the bar across the street. He said you get the full view of all of that happening. Then on Sunday, uh, nieces, nephews, brothers, cousins in the New York area, um, especially those with little kids, uh, we are rendezvousing to see the tree at Rockefeller Center and then a little bit of Christmas brunch, holiday brunch uh, with the little kids. Julie, I believe your son, daughter-in-law, and Josephine will be part of that group. Okay. That, that will be super fun. And then your daughter-in-law, who has the show going at the Guggenheim, the yes. Joseph Alberts in Mexico show, at some point, either Sunday or Monday, Lauren is taking us through her show at the Guggenheim. And then what else? Oh, Sunday night, we're going to that kind of very successful hipster magic show that was getting all of <laughs> All of the hot reviews. Monica wanted to do something Sunday night. She said we can either see um, the Nutcracker at Lincoln Center or this magic show that's called, hang on. Oh, I it's saw called, that guy on, on Colbert, I think. Yeah, it's called In and of Itself. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah his name is uh, Derek Del Guadio. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we're going to that. So ne You're next fully Tuesday, booked, oh. Liz. You're going to have a whirlwind. Fully, fully booked. And then I'll be home. So that's my weekend. I can't wait. But that's my, that's why I'm missing Lee and Son's graduation, because this all got planned. Unbeknownst, I did not have the graduation date on my calendar. So that's why I'm going to industry night. <laughs> yeah. so, so I can at least see Brooks's show, his grad okay. show. I well, no, no queso for you, Liz. Yeah, so you're going to miss the queso and the fake ceviche and the tacos. <laughs> but... <laughs> And I've been I've been juicing the limes off my tree all season long for the margaritas or the limeade, whichever you want. I think vegans oh, oh. can drink limeade, right? I I think that's okay with vegans. So. That sounds like it's going to be great. Anyway, what are you guys doing this week? So that's mainly your plan for the whole weekend. Right? Oh yeah, no, I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. celebration. Yeah, that's it. Whew, it's then we're be done. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one one programming note, because of my illness, Julie and I are postponing our Madam Secretary review of the Bafo Christmas Party episode of yes. Madam Secretary till next week. We're just not going to be able to squeeze it in. We'll do next week is the fall season finale. And so we'll do a two for Madam Secretary. Double weekend. header. Yeah. But yeah. that will we'll definitely be covering the, Chris, uh, the holiday party. because yeah. It was awesome. Yes. <laughs> it was like. The hol I mean, there was just a lot of um, 
a lot of under undermining, underpinning going to, <laughs> to that holiday party. Like, no. Oh, yeah. And they put like, Jay in the corner. That's oh, my gosh. Happy. Jay, yeah, was... for goodness sake. <laughs> okay, okay don't, get don't get us started. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to have to watch that. Oh, hey, one last thing I want to say because people have occasionally asked. Normally, if you don't remember what the promo codes are for any of our sponsors, we include those in the show notes that are at our website. So if you go to SatelliteSisters.com, there are always notes for every episode, and we try to include who the sponsors were and what the promo code is. So that's the easiest way for you to track it down if you don't write it down in the moment. So check that out at SatelliteSisters.com. Good, good one, Liz. Good one. All right, sisters. Well, safe travels to everyone traveling this week. Stay healthy and um, have a great week. Thanks, Leanne. All right. Bye, Leanne. Don't forget, talk, call your satellite sister. <laughs> or talk to or her. Or talk whatever. to her. Whatever. <laughs> Text her. Whatever. <laughs> or just send her some queso. Yeah. <laughs>